Welcome back in and welcome to the Action Line. we got a two-parter for you today. Right now, the time, 8-11. As we kick off our first part of the Action Line, we'll be chatting with the Heart of Tennessee Chapter Executive Director, Tara Stone, about the critical shortage of blood and, well, a couple other different things. As we know, the uh, Waverly floods is, is something that, um, you know, the Red Cross assists with. And uh, I guess a good way to start the conversation is, uh, you know, Red Cross isn't just about the blood donations. You guys kind of get involved in a little bit of everything and a lot of relief, uh, whether that be from, uh, you know, raining, tornadoes, things like that. We've kind of talked about this over over the uh, time that I've been here is you guys really you cover a lot of different angles. So we'll talk about the blood shortage this morning just a little bit. But, uh, you know, something else that a lot of folks are dealing with in our area, the flooding over in the Waverly area. Uh, let's start off with that. What uh, relief is available and kind of what have you guys been involved with there and, and what can the folks do in the public to help you guys uh, help the folks at Waverly? Uh, yes, thank you for having me this morning. It's always um, glad to be here. Um, yes, we do have about 160 Red Cross volunteers currently in the Waverly um, area working alongside other partners to assist um, those there. Um, we have seen, um, according to some early reports of damage, um, about 570 homes were either heavily damaged or completely destroyed by the floodwaters that came through there. And, you know, as we know, we're anticipating a little more rain coming into the area with um, Hurricane Tropical Storm Ida. Um, the Red Cross plans to provide financial assistance to help the families um, there replace their clothes or food, you know, offset some transportation costs or support any other immediate needs. Um, some things people may not realize Red Cross does in the in the very beginning. Um, when things like that happen, it's unexpected. You can't plan for that. Um, you, either things are washed away or you just try to remove yourself from the situation and get to safety. You may leave behind your eyeglasses, your prescription medication that you need on a daily basis. And that in the early um, hours, we're working with people to meet those immediate replacement needs of medical equipment. Um, and then from there, you know, sheltering, feeding, um, damage assessment, and then, you know, looking to help them on long-term recovery. And how does the Red Cross stay prepared for things that you can't really prepare for? I know when, when we have events like this, um, you know, nobody says a month from now there's going to be flooding, let's, let's prepare for it. It kind of happens maybe with a day's heads up at best. Talk about that maybe on the, on the day's um, you know, outside of, of being involved in the relief efforts, how, how do you guys kind of stay prepared for that in the off season, I guess would be a way to look at it. Uh, when things aren't as crazy, how do you, how do you stay ready to go? Um, we're always looking for new volunteers um, and um, like to have enough time to get them trained and ready to respond. Um, there's a lot of needs there. Um, like I said, there's there's people doing damage assessment where they're going out and you know looking at the homes. Um, and then there's people that you know support the medical needs. There's people working in the shelters. And right now, we're really looking for volunteers that can support that disaster response and be ready. Um, people that can work in the shelters where they may help, you know, reception, food distribution, registration. Also need healthcare workers um, that can address people's health needs, um, provide hands-on care, um, possibly where needed. So someone with um, a professional licensure um, to assist, but also, you know, on a daily basis, we're responding to home fires. And so it's a constant need, um, but always looking for volunteers ready to help. Like I said, we have about 160 in Waverly right now, not just from our chapter, of course, but from all over um all over the u.s and something a lot of people might not know either they hear red cross you guys are everywhere uh, but there are different chapters and local chapters so if somebody was a volunteer for red cross uh, locally here mm -hmm. they're helping the folks right here in our community do they often travel do you ever have volunteers that maybe will go to new orleans will go to the the wildfires things like that or do they kind of stay stay at home um we have volunteers that go everywhere so we have some that um it's their desire to work you know here 
um, and, and aren't able to to travel uh, when we do send volunteers off into those areas is typically for a two-week commitment um, we've had lots of volunteers go over the years down to the hurricanes um, out to the wildfires in California and Oregon right now um, to my knowledge we don't have anybody from our chapter um, there are some in Waverly I think we have about six that um, were assigned to work there um, but as this hurricane um, is hitting um, to the south of us you know we do have some things going on here so you have to kind of pull from all area all over different areas to support those responses and I would think a lot of those uh, responses would be going down south New Orleans to help with that hurricane but did we have anybody from other parts of the country maybe come and help with Waverly absolutely we do um, you know the there it, it takes a whole lot of p- more people than you realize um, so with it being a two-week um, commitment that's for us as well so if, if we were assigned to go that we would also be working on that response for two weeks and then you know days off and then, and then come back um, but you need people to help you know with the communications with the disaster uh, damage assessment work in the shelters you know that's 20 it's a 24-hour um, situation when you're responding and so it takes a lot of people and when it's in your backyard um, you know sometimes you'll have Red Cross you know volunteers that are affected um, and so while they're you know focusing on on that bring in other people to help and assist. Our guest this morning on the action line is the Heart of Tennessee Chapter Executive Director, Tara Stone. We're talking about a number of different things, but starting off uh, with something that's near and dear to a lot of us is the the Waverly floods. And, um, you know, one of the things we mentioned to start the show is the Red Cross isn't just about blood donations. You guys go out for uh, relief, disaster relief, and, you know, not only across the country, but locally here, seeing some um, seeing some help come in there. So. Talk about what kind of volunteers you guys need. What What is the age of a normal volunteer? Can it be somebody who's a little bit older and maybe can't do as much physically? And then maybe somebody who's younger who maybe doesn't have as many of the skills but say, hey, I'm you know 20-something, I got a strong back, I can do that physical mm-hmm. labor. There's probably a need for a little bit of all of it. There, there definitely is. And with any you know organization, you're always looking at how do you engage your youth. Uh, so we do have some youth programs. While that's you know a little bit less than the dis- direct disaster response, um, we do have them doing some things like um, we call it map missing maps, where they're they're creating maps across the world so that when disasters happen, um, the responders have a baseline and they can say, hey, look, there's a community here in this little area where their flooding has come in. We need to focus on that. So it's something that's very important, but something they can do from home. Um, especially right now with the environment and and kids not being able to get out and volunteer as much. Um, We have younger people that assist with our blood drives. Um, We have people that work from home. They may work with clients over the phone. Um, And and like I said, in replacing um, medicines and things of that nature, something they may not have to do in person. And then there are people out there that are um, literally, you know, feeding people and delivering um, bottles of water, uh, delivering uh, cleanup equipment um, that, you know, can be somewhat of a harder job and maybe a little heavier lift. So for folks who aren't able to volunteer, but they want to help, what kind of donations and things do you guys need? And how do they go about that? Whether it be a monetary donation or whether it be bottled water, whether it be medicine, what are some things you guys take and you need? Or what are some things you guys can't take? What we do, um, you know, we don't hold warehouse space, you know, usually and, and collect donations or items on a regular basis. And of course, there's always immediate needs. So we try to work with partners in the area um, to be able to receive those items and process those items. Um, we also um, always ask for financial donations so that we can purchase items to respond to the immediate need. You never know if someone's in a shelter and they need, you know, baby formula or diapers or something, then we can go get the meet the specific needs. Um, people can donate. Donate, then call 1-800-RED-CROSS. 
Um, you can text the word Red Cross to 90999 to make a $10 donation. Um, you can always call um, and reach the local chapter, come and, and mail something into 501 Memorials where we're located. Um, you can always make a financial donation. All righty. Tara Stone joining us as we're talking about the floods in Waverly and disaster relief that the Red Cross helps a lot with. And, uh, you know, it's not always right here in our backyard, but, but you know, sometimes it falls right here in our backyard. Other times you might be asked to travel, do a little bit of traveling for some volunteers if they're able to do so. But let's talk a little bit about the uh, hurricane coming up on New Orleans now, kind of hitting the coast. And uh, what is what is your guys' uh, position in that when, when the hurricane's coming up? Is that something you guys kind of get out there ahead of time and try to prepare for? Is it usually after the fact? And, and what kind of uh, steps are in play there to you know maybe try to minimize damage if possible? Um, like you and I were talking about earlier, you know, unfortunately the flooding in Waverly, that, we didn't see that coming. Um, so that was kind of more of an after response. But with Ida, you can you know somewhat prepare for that. Um, and there, that's about 600 Red Cross volunteers that were either already on the ground or staged to support those relief efforts um, so they're either already there um, assisting with evacuation shelters or they know that they're going to be going once it's safe to get into the area and assist with that um, we always pre-position supplies um, so we move in truckloads of cots and blankets and comfort kits um, ready to eat meals into the area um, to be as prepared as possible all righty and then as far as that goes the same donation process if you wanted uh, to try to you know donate money help out that way uh, donate time that's all kind of funneled through the website and folks can can find a lot of the information there whether they're trying to donate time uh, money whatever they can do that's that's the way they need to do that correct and which I'm, i know we're going to get to next also donate blood is very important as well absolutely we're going to take a quick time out check on the weather and traffic and when we come back we'll continue this conversation there's always a need for blood uh, not just locally but across the country and a great place to start is uh, you know trying to carve out some time to donate with the red cross so we're going to tell you how you can do so and you know, they can, they can kind of track the blood, let you know where it goes. And, you know, again, you could be saving a life and uh, you just you just never know. But that little bit of time can make such a difference. So we're going to talk about that on the other end of this break. You're listening to your good neighbor station, News Radio WGNS. See a few scattered showers and thunderstorms at times here this afternoon with cloudy sky conditions high in the upper 80s. Winds out of the southeast around 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 71. Good morning. Traffic's still busy out here, but it's moving past this accident seen here on 24 westbound at OHB as you head towards Nashville. Again, the traffic volume has increased not only here, but 840 as well. Just allow yourself extra time, especially this afternoon and throughout the evening uh, later on when we get all that rain. Oktoberfest at Obergatlinburg. It's happening September 24th through October 31st. Log on today, obergatlinburg.com. I'm Commander Chuck when you're on time traffic. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Family Restaurants. During these hot summer days, nothing tastes better than a cold, refreshing salad. Demas's Restaurants offer a chicken salad that is served within a pineapple with a bed of lettuce beside of it that is crispy with our homemade dressings. It is a treat for those hot days just to be cool and refreshing. We encourage you to come and try Demas's Restaurant at 1115 Northwest Broad Street at Demas's Restaurants. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We have an excellent sound room with 
good acoustics if you want to try on any guitar in the store if you've got a perfect place to listen to it compare them side by side see how the neck feels to your hand which is important to a guitar player we have keyboards to play a room in the back for drums to give a run through with cymbals snares whole sets come in music world and drummers den and try out before you buy it music world and drummers den Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system. WGNS listeners get $50 off. 615-930-0088. A whole house air purifier. 615-930-0088. Hi, this is Becky Bookner, and I'm just so proud to talk about the veterans in our community and what an incredible gift they've given all of us, and that's our freedom and the right to live in this country, and we're so grateful to them for the sacrifices they've made. WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. I was sent first to radio school. Then, when I finished that, I was sent to Yuma, Arizona, to gunnery school. Dr. Charles Edwin Howard, a World War II veteran. And here we started out with shotguns on the back of a pickup truck, standing up, and we fired at discs, thrown out, went around a big circle. We went from that to a place where we sat, and they showed pictures of airplanes coming out of the side and front and so forth, and we fired a light gun at these. Then they sent me to Savannah, Georgia, and there we met the crew that we would fly with. Dr. Howard was in the U.S. Air Force. November of 1943, we got on the Ile de France, the old iconic luxury ship. I was uh, 13 floors down from the top. It was very uh, sickening and very hot. Bad, slept in a hammock. It took us quite a few days to get across. Oh, I was sick almost all the time. So was everybody else. But uh, we finally docked right out of Glasgow, Scotland. We got in a truck and drove to a place called Defum Green. That was a little village, and all around this village was the base, 452nd Palm Group, and that was my assignment. This has been a Salute to Veterans on WGNS Radio. The cleanup continues after historic flooding. Hello and welcome to this episode of Tennessee Home and Farm Radio. I'm Thomas Capps. It's just disheartening, not just the money. It's just disheartening to see your, your cattle that you've worked and raised and they all wadded up and, you know, and it's trash and debris that's up and down these creeks. Humphreys County farmers like cattle producer Jonathan Proctor are still trying to make sense of the historic flooding caused by 17 inches of rain that fell last Saturday that turned the creek that runs through his farm to a massive tide of destruction. It's devastating, you know, we was lucky no loss of life here. You know, we lost some cattle and lost some equipment and you know, it'll, it'll take a long road to recover. A lot of fences down. Pieces of that fencing are scattered along ditches, among other things like gates and pieces from washed away roads. Proctor's also finding some of his cattle in that debris, dead. I had uh, 111 heifers in this field. Uh, there was two left after the rain stopped and uh, had a hundred and four steers here and up 35 of them stayed and uh, at this moment I probably I've got a hundred roughly right around a hundred back captured unaccounted for is somewhere around the 50 mark right now the cattle proctor has managed to get back or scared and facing health concerns so they're coughing and you know it's just uh 
There's no telling how much water they swallowed and I can't believe some will live that went three miles down the creek. That's over $50,000, you know, and that's a pretty big hit. You know, I can live through it, but it's going to be rough. Proctor isn't the only farm in Humphreys County dealing with damage from flooding. Steve May and his son lost rows of row crops. We have a lot of soybeans and corn that were flooded. Some of them are, I guess you can see in the pictures, they were already, they were not completely flat. You can help these farmers in need by donating money. It's easy to do. Just visit tnfarmbureau.org. And once you're there, click on Tennessee Farm Disaster Response Fund. For Tennessee Home and Farm Radio, I'm Thomas Caps. Two powerful FM signals, one AM signal, and worldwide on WGNSRadio.com. You can listen to us anywhere. We are WGNS Murfreesboro. Welcome back in. Right now the time 8.28 as we're joined on the first half of the action line with the Heart of Tennessee chapter, Executive Director Tara Stone. And, well, we've talked a couple different things so far. Uh, you know, first and foremost, the flooding in Waverly is is a topic that we've been discussing and you've been hearing in our news. Uh, many of us know people in the area who were affected by the flooding and just a, uh, just an, an insane amount of rain, or I think it was 17 inches in one day. So it's something you can't really prepare for. So um, that's kind of where we started the conversation. And Terry, you were saying for that, a lot of times, you know, having the volunteers on hand, having those things ready, having people trained is kind of the way you have to attack that situation because you just don't know two days out that this is going to happen. And the next thing you know, 17 inches of rain falls in your lap. And, um, you know, that's that's one way that you guys could really utilize volunteers and always need those volunteers ready to go. That's right. Um, and we do get a lot of new volunteers, you know, when things, these things happen as well, that step in and may do something else and then work to get trained with us um, to be ready for the next one. And then one of the incredible things about the Red Cross is not just the work you guys do locally, uh, but talking about Hurricane Ida, who's making its way up through New Orleans. And, um, you know, that's something you guys can maybe plan a little bit more. So the other side of the coin is, you know, you guys getting out there a little bit ahead of time with volunteers and kind of disaster preparation, I guess would be the right word, to get people evacuated, to try to get things secure, get, you know, houses uh, boarded up and, and kind of waterproofed as much as you can. I know a lot of times there's um, you know, some you can do, but but at the end of the day, a lot of times there's um, just only so much you can do and getting people evacuated and getting them to a safe place is the key there. And that would be something that maybe you could have volunteers ahead of time and say, you know, here's the volunteers we have. Let's go ahead and put them in these spots uh, to prepare for uh, these these crazy uh, instances and the weather and, you know, all that rain and the hurricane. That's right. We've had um, volunteers from our chapter go and support the hurricane efforts. We had one um, go down. I remember last year with Laura and some others, uh, you know, they kind of jumped around. And so literally she's, you know, hurricane kind of chasing ahead of the hurricane and moving around and support people. And so while you can't always predict where you need to be, we do the best to be um, ahead of it. And, you know, you mentioned uh, volunteers from our chapter here often will will travel out to different parts of the country to help. And in the same respect, we had people coming from different parts of the country to help us with the flooding in Waverly. So really just a, a cool sense of community there to know that no matter where the Red Cross is at, they all kind of work together and, and find those areas that need help and, uh, you know, really can pull together and with the different uh, different chapters and with all the volunteers countrywide. I mean, there's really a lot that the Red Cross is able to do. Yes, and, and like we we're talking about, you know, right now for the hurricane, we had 600 volunteers ready to support that. And that, you know, you got to, it takes a wide reach to find that many people um, that aren't in that area and preparing for that um, disaster themselves. 
So one of the things that folks know the Red Cross for, and this is maybe where we always start the conversation to say there's there's more to the Red Cross than the blood donations, but that is a very important part of it. Talk about that a little bit. Where do those blood donations go? Do they stay locally? Uh, you know, maybe for hurricane relief, you got to imagine there's going to be folks who maybe need blood for different things that, um, you know, injuries and things like that that occur. And that blood can start here and go down there. It can start here and go out west to California. It can can go anywhere. And uh, you can kind of track that. And you know that when you donate blood, it's not going to waste. It's going to somebody who needs it, and it could save somebody's life. That's right. And, you know, you hear a lot about, you know, give local and it stays local. And, of course, you know, we do support um, the blood supply here locally. Um, but I think in, in the end of the day, you want it to go where it's needed. And so if you have an area where, um, like the wildfires, the hurricanes, where things are coming through and, and upsetting that area, you know, it's harder to collect blood there. But people are still going to need it. So you want to uh, support wherever it's needed. And that's part of the Red Cross Network. And we're able to do that, having the wide reach that we do. Um, and in the recent weeks, Red Cross has seen blood donor turnout decline by nearly 10%, um, while the hospital demand for blood products continues to outpace donations. Um, so it's a definite need. Summer's always a little bit harder of a time um, to collect blood. Um, with everything going on, you know, a lot of different focuses, people, I think, for a little while were felt a little more positive about, you know, the situation. We're out traveling and doing things and getting ready for back to school. Um, and now, we're, you know, we're looking at, you know, hurricanes and flooding and um, COVID and all the things. But the blood supply you know can continues to be um, something that's needed and not only for you know surgery um, and trauma victims but also cancer treatments um, because those blood donations can be used in a variety of ways and you make a good point that the donations in the cities where they're hit with uh, wildfires hurricanes tornadoes different disasters uh, you don't really think about it but yeah the donation centers there aren't really able to collect blood if there's those types of things going on so you think here locally in Murfreesboro all the different blood drives we see well, if we were in that position where we had a hurricane passing through Murfreesboro, that just wouldn't be happening. And there's a lot of blood loss from donation just in that in that respect alone. The fact that they're not able to take donations and, and might not be able to, depending on the damages, for some time. And that's where the blood from different parts of the country kind of funnels in and is able to make up for that loss. That's right. You know, we, we have a... Um, a fixed donor site here in Murfreesboro at our chapter office on Memorial um, that operates six days a week. But if something were to happen to that site, I have no doubt we would shift and, and collect somewhere else. But like you say, you never know the reach of that disaster. And we, we know here we've experienced tornadoes and things in our backyard um, and you do the best to flip, but there's going to be that period of time where you you know have to kind of set back up um, and you're going to lose some donations. Um, so always supporting all areas um, in need and also still here. So if somebody wants to donate, and I was able, I think my last donation was uh, earlier this year, but it was, it was you know, during the COVID, during the pandemic, and uh, able to do so safely. I did feel safe, and I was in and out, and that's kind of what people are thinking is, how long is it going to take? Is it going to take way longer now because there's protocols in place, and, you know, how can I donate safely? And I'll say both of those things were a non-issue. I was in and out in less than an hour. The beds are spread out. Um, talk about the donation process a little bit. I know there are some things people can do ahead of time to speed up the donation as well. Some of the questions they can do on their phone. But for folks who are looking to donate, who are thinking about donating, what does that look like? Um, yeah, we um, would like to encourage people to go online, um, download the blood donor app. Um, you can go ahead and they'll you know, show up and they'll say, hey, do you have your rapid pass? That means you've already kind of read through the information, answered some preliminary questions about your donation, um, and helps the process move just a little bit faster. You don't have to, but we encourage that. Also encourage you to make an appointment. Um, like you said, we're you know spreading people out um, means, you know, fewer people can donate at a time. Um, encourage you to make, make an appointment. Um, a lot of places will take walk-ins if they can, because I, I 
know, your, your schedule may change, um, but try to make an appointment online. You can go to redcrossblood.org and do that or do that through your app. Um, we are asking that you wear a mask while you're making a donation. Um, we want to protect um, people donating as well as our staff uh, from any potential um, illness. We ask that you don't come if you're not feeling well. Um, so, you know, you may not want to cancel that, you know, appointment, but ask that you, you know, do and reschedule um, for another time. All righty. So point us towards the website for all this. I know we've talked about a lot today and, and covered some different angles, but for folks who would like to maybe volunteer, folks who would like to donate time, would like to donate money, or simply just look into the blood uh, donation process, what's a good website for them to kind of find all that information? Uh, we have two main websites, but both will lead you to the other. So you can go to redcross.org or redcrossblood.org, depending on where um, you're wanting to start. Um, redcrossblood.org, obviously, where you can make um, an appointment. You can put in your zip code, find a local um, donation site. Like I said, we have a fixed site here that's open six days a week, um, but we also have a lot of open to the public drives, and those will be listed there. Um, redcross.org, if you're looking to volunteer, um, either one of them, if you want to make a financial um, contribution, or if you just want to see um, about training, get a CPR training class, or look at our preparedness programs. All righty. Well, fantastic. A lot of good information out there and uh, certainly a need for volunteers, a need for that blood. If you could donate, it only takes less than an hour to get in and out of there. And I, I do have the blood donor app on my phone and it, it is quite easy to uh, to navigate and get that done. So uh, Tara, any final thoughts this morning is before we wrap up and just wanted to thank you again for coming on and uh, sharing this information with our listeners. Um, yes. Thank you again for having me. And I did want to point out a couple of upcoming blood drives here um, in Murfreesboro. Um, September the 2nd at MTSU, um, we have the Remembering the badges in honor of 9-11 um, that's taking place at the Keithley University Center from 10 to 4 um, so that is on campus um, also coming up on September the 13th at Ascension St. Thomas Rutherford uh, from 10 to 3 you can make an appointment there at 1700 Medical Center Parkway I appreciate both um, of those groups um, providing an open to the public blood drive all righty. Well, fantastic. We appreciate your time this morning. That's Tara Stone joining us from the Red Cross. And uh, certainly next time you guys need anything, let us know. We'd love to have you on again soon. Keep this information going. And uh, just, you know, bottom line, a need for volunteers and a need for blood donations, folks. So if you have the time and can do so, uh, you're going to be helping people, saving lives and really making an impact on, on those who need it. So Tara, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. All righty. We're going to take a quick time out, guys. We'll kick off the second half of the action line coming up in just a few minutes. We're talking Friday night live with sarah calendar on the square it's going to be a lot of fun we'll let you know more about it when we come back the alzheimer's drug aduhelm is just the latest misstep in the fda's mishandling of accelerated approval with a recent study showing that almost half of drugs approved this way haven't done the required confirmatory studies. Caleb Alexander, an internal medicine expert at Johns Hopkins and member of the panel recommending against Aduhelm's approval, says reform is possible. When products are approved under accelerated review, some have suggested that reimbursement for them be diminished so that the company has an economic incentive to complete the studies that we're all waiting for. So one model might allow for or stipulate that manufacturers are only going to be paid a very modest amount for their product until the evidence is in as to whether or not it actually is safe and effective. Alexander doesn't think scrapping accelerated approval entirely is the answer. At Johns Hopkins, I'm Elizabeth Tracy. 
Even though 30 years earlier he had created the most renowned ocean cruise line of its era, there were doubters aplenty in 2013 when Torstein Hagen said he was expanding his Viking river cruise business onto the high seas. Oh, they won't be able to finance it. They won't be able to operate. They won't be able to market it. We took delivery of the first ship in 2015, the Viking Star. After the first year of operation, how did we rate in travel and leisure? Number one. The following year, number one. In part because Torhagen was and is a good student. One lesson in particular from his first job out of Harvard Business School with the consulting firm McKinsey. The guy who really created McKinsey, Marvin Bauer, had very great values. First the client, then the firm, then yourself. By the way, next year, Viking launches its seventh 930-passenger ocean-going ship, the Viking Venus. More in the next CEO Radio. I'm Ray Hoffman. Restoration One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After disaster strikes. Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal quickly. Restoration One Middle Tennessee.com. Locally and veteran owned. You can make a meaningful difference in 2021. KidLink Community Services is currently seeking foster parents in your area. KidLink provides free training and certification. Contact KidLink today at 877-714-1313 or KidLinkServices.com. Old friends, new name, better together. As First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Right now, the time, 8.41, as we kick off now the second half of our action line. Thank you to Tara Stone and the Red Cross for joining us and uh, getting us just some really good information there. Lots going on, of course, with the hurricanes and the flooding here in Waverly and, um, you know, the shortage of, of blood. Always looking for more blood donations as those don't only help locally, but across the country and, uh, you know, go to save folks' lives. So some really good information there is uh, Tara joining us for the first half of the action line. We move on now to our second guest, and it's Sarah Callender, who's the Main Street Murfreesboro Executive Director. Sarah, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so a lot to talk about today. Uh, Big smiles as we were coming into the studio, just kind of going over the list of things coming up on the square, and what a great place to to call home and and have all these activities just right here up the road. So um, tell us what's going on on the square. Uh, I know we have some concerts coming up and some different shopping events and some wonderful new businesses to highlight. Yeah, there's so much going on. And we're so thankful that, you know, there's so many people hurting all around us. And so we, you know, are um, in prayer for all of those that are are hurting and in need. And we're thankful for our community doing well right now. Um, We're trying to be safe, but we're getting to have our last concert. It's outside. It's a free community event, the Friday Night Live concerts. We've had three of them already, and they've been a huge success with a couple thousand people that come out in attendance. So um, this coming Friday, September the 4th, 
um, no, September the 3rd, that's Friday night. Um, it's a good rockin' tonight. They're a really cool band from Nashville. They're called like a rockabilly band. They play 50s music, lots of Elvis, things that everybody's going to know um, the words to, and they dress up. So wear your costumes, come out. Um, not costumes, but, you know, you can dress appropriately if you want to dress in your 50s outfit. Um, but we're really thankful for MTSU. This weekend is the True Blue Weekend. It's the first home football game. And MTSU, um, their athletics sponsor this um, Friday Night Live concert along with our presenting sponsor, Wilson Bank and Trust. So the cheerleaders are going to be out. Um, Chris Massaro is going to be up there welcoming everybody. So we're excited about that concert. Again, it starts at 6.30. It lasts until 9.30. Bring your own chair. Everybody should know the routine now. Um, Spread out, get your seat early, and um, come shop downtown, eat dinner, and have fun. We'll have a couple of food trucks. All righty. And, of course, plenty of great restaurants on the square as well. So no shortage of food and drink and fun. Uh, And the action kind of rolls right into the next Saturday. So tell us about that. It does. The first Saturday of every month, we're continuing the T-Mobile coupons. Um, They're giving out $10 coupons. Um, You just have to go to the T-Mobile site on Medical Parkway. You just walk in and say, hey, I'd like to have a downtown coupon. That's all you got to do. And um, they're giving those away, and you come on the first Saturday of each month. So it's this Saturday, September the 4th, and um, it's on our website, what stores are participating. There's a whole bunch of them, and you get $10 off your final purchase. So it's a great way to support small business. Absolutely awesome. It's got to go into the T-Mobile store then on that day. Can you go prior? You can go anytime be? during the year, right? Okay. And this is every Saturday. It's I mean, every first Saturday of the month all the way through December. Fantastic. And yeah. that's going to be for most of the, the stores and things down on the square. Yeah, all the ones that have like gifts and um, some of the restaurants are participating in it. So you can check the website to make sure. Um, that they're participating but most of them are absolutely awesome so i love that idea and uh, tell us a little bit about sip and stroll that's another one coming up that's going to be kind of a fun way to to showcase and check out some of these great businesses on the square that's right a lot of times these these small business owners they they close their their stores down like four or five o'clock so this is a way to stay open later in the night it's a fun event for where ladies can um, and men but can come out with their friends and they offer a little bit of something sweet to drink and, and to eat and you just walk around there's over 25 shops um, that are participating they stay open from five to eight on thursday night that's september the 9th so um, not this thursday but next thursday you can come out and from five o'clock to eight o'clock it's just fun they have all their fall out fall decor and fall clothes and it's just a fun night out to support local and get your um fall attire ready and is there a good place a website that folks can find the participating stores and and things like that where do they go for for that information so for sip shop and stroll if you follow main street murfreesboro's facebook page we have an event set up for this we have an event set up for the friday night live concert so you if you just follow our facebook page you can get all that information you can always find information on our website mainstreetmurfreesboro.org um and then that you know we'll be updating the facebook page with events and what businesses are participating absolutely awesome one of the other great parts of uh, the square is how festive it is during the holidays so as we get into fall you're thinking halloween are we doing the scarecrows again this year we are we did it last year as a way during the pandemic to just encourage people to come and do something outside with their families to to, um, be downtown and it was such a huge success we had over 30 scarecrows and so we're doing it again and this is my call for anyone
someone that wants to make a scarecrow. The um, rules and regulations are up on our website. The application is there. Anybody can make one. Your business can make one and put a scarecrow downtown. I partner you up with somebody that's already downtown. We put the scarecrow on the sidewalk. Um, and I'll have a map and we'll, um, you know, promote it throughout the community. And people from outside of other communities come and they do the scarecrow search. And um, we usually have between 30 and 40 scarecrows. You can have really fun themes to promote your school. We had Oakland. They had like every sport, um, a scarecrow for that over in the Palace Barbershop. That was really cool last year. And we've got some churches that are making scarecrows, some, you know, Boy Scout groups some families. It's just a fun way to get involved in the community. And then remind us the best way for folks if they want to participate, if they want to grab a scarecrow spot and, and decorate one. Is this something a family can do? Is it yes. more businesses? A little no, bit of everybody. It's everybody. I've got everything from family to school sports to college students, artists that want to make a scarecrow. There's a contest, so it's free to participate, but then we have a judge come and I'm giving out um, uh, prizes like $100, $50, $75 prizes, um, and then a community vote prize. So it's just fun to get involved and you might win some money. But if you go to our website, MainStreetMurfreesboro.org, you can see the um, scarecrow link on there and just fill out a form and and it explains everything. It's recyclable, so we don't want you to go out and buy anything. We just want you to be creative and make something. All righty. Sounds like a lot of fun, and if you can believe it, Halloween, not too far off. So yeah. the scarecrows and that the fall weather and the fall attire kind of creeping in on us, which is a good thing. It's been pretty hot lately, so I'm oh, okay with the, the cool weather and the uh, kind of the fall atmosphere coming up on us. That'll be good. We did have a listener question, and this is something we might have just missed a minute ago, but for these events on the square, these are all ages, so you can bring the family. I know some yes. of the events like the sip and shop and that, um, but that's that's for all ages. Yeah, and you, it you is. I mean, I've brought and, my daughter to the sip shop and stroll, and we've, we've shopped. She's 12 years old. It's totally age appropriate for anybody. Um, the concerts are all family friendly, you know, appropriate for anyone. All righty. Fantastic. Joining us in studio right now, Main Street Murfreesboro Executive Director Sarah Callender joining us. Just a couple minutes left on the broadcast. We're going to check on that weather and traffic one more time. And when we come back, we'll wrap things up. We're taking listener questions. So if you'd like to text us, 615-893-1450. Here's a look at that weather and traffic. We'll see a few scattered showers and thunderstorms at times here this afternoon with cloudy sky conditions high in the upper 80s. Winds out of the southeast around 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 71. Good morning. Traffic still busy out here, but it's moving past this accident seen here on 24 westbound at OHB as you head towards Nashville. Again, the traffic volume has increased not only here, but 840 as well. Just allow yourself extra time, especially this afternoon and throughout the evening uh, later on when we get all that rain. Oktoberfest at Obery Gatlinburg. It's happening September 24th through October 31st. Log on today, obergatlinburg.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. It's coast to coast AM overnight every night. You have a possessed radio? WGNS, Murfreesboro. Alrighty, guys, welcome back in. Right now, the time 8:50, and we're joined by Sarah Callender, who's the executive director with Murray Street Murfreesboro, and 
always a good conversation, Sarah. There's always so much going on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Murfreesboro is just, it's a happening place. There's always something to do, whether it be on a Friday or a Saturday or maybe earlier in the morning. And uh, a lot of really cool businesses and that on the square. We're going to talk about maybe some new businesses we're going to be seeing here soon. But uh, one of the things we wanted to discuss, and this is going to be kind of getting pushed a little bit further into the year, the farmer's market. So That's right. we're kind of coming up on the deadline for that. But but how much longer can folks expect uh, to have the farmer's market and be able to make that part of their Saturday? Right. We've we extended the farmer's market again this year through October. So you still have September and October to come out. Um, over 60 vendors. It's a good mix of food, vegetables, um bakery items and a little bit of arts and crafts in october there'll be more craft vendors than there are in the in the regular season so that's from eight to twelve wonderful and that's going to be getting pushed back then through october so uh many of us spend our saturdays at the farmer's market you get some goods you go home and you cook them it can kind of be a whole day (laughs) of cooking and shopping and just some some great local produce in that uh for folks who haven't and i I don't know if there's even spots available for the farmer's market at this point but if you want to join the farmer's market if you want to set up a booth how's that normally done and since we're getting kind of close to the end of it is this something they need to plan on for next year yes i would plan on for next year um you can go ahead and, and reach out to um on our website there's information about um, contacting us on the Saturday market but um, it's pretty much full for this season absolutely awesome but if anybody's been down there they could see why there's just there's Mm -hmm. so much going on and uh, some just some really good stuff as you mentioned some crafts and arts and things like that but also some great produce the baked goods the bakery items which is uh, kind of my Achilles heel when I smell that when those smell that fresh bread and and things like that so (laughs) wonderful well looking forward to that so the Saturday's farmers markets getting pushed back a little bit further this year so still some opportunities to get out there and enjoy that Uh, The Center for the Arts has got some things going on downtown you wanted to talk about a little bit. And this is, again, something neat folks can come and check out maybe while they're at the farmer's market or just downtown. Yeah. uh, Some opportunities to see some really great art. So this is during the week. Um, You know, you don't have to just spend money when you come downtown. There's arts all over the place. Center for the Arts, you know, they've opened back up their season, so they have um, plays happening. Um, But they also have an artist, Pamela um, Mack, and she's presenting her artwork her paintings with the theme people places and things and that's going to be run through september 27th but it's monday through friday 9 to 4 p.m so if you're looking for something to do you can um, walk through the center for the arts and see that artwork and the heritage center is um, open again Um, so you can come and see the heritage center off of college street and then um, the city of Murfreesboro, their rotunda in the Civic Hall, they always have new art exhibits and they're having a new one that's going up August 31st. Um, so you can go and check out the paintings that are up in the rotunda. And again, that's free. And then Church Street Gallery, and they're always having events and um, artwork that features local artists. So we're real proud of that um, little museum and an and art store So um, to support them as well. So for some of these, like the rotunda that's inside, are these something you can find year-round? Are they kind yes. of restocked throughout the year and, and shuffled in and out? Mm-hmm. They, they feature different artists. Um, they work with, I think, the Rutherford Arts Alliance and have different art um, featured. And also wanted to mention, there is a working museum in the historic county ho- courthouse that's being um, built. They're likely to open in the fall. And they're going to, it's going to be open house for the public once it's open. So be 
watching out for that event. Um, but they're going to house historic artifacts that are native to Rutherford County's history from the State Museum and other donors. So they've been working with Dr. Carol Van West from Middle Tennessee State University, um, and they're real excited about the completion of this project. So that'll be another opportunity for tourists to come and go into the courthouse and look around. Wonderful. Do we know when that might be ready to go? They're, they're hoping it will be open um, this fall, so they haven't put a date exactly on it. I think they got pushed a little behind. Well, stay tuned, and uh, we'll, of course, let folks know as uh, we get closer to that date that they can go out and enjoy that. But um, so just a couple of the things we've covered, there's going to be a lot going on on the square now pretty much through the end of the year as things start to cool down a little bit. Uh, what's the best way for folks to keep an eye on all this? You mentioned following you guys on Facebook yes. at Main Street Murfreesboro. Mm-hmm. Most of that information can be found there. That is Main Street Murfreesboro's Facebook page. This Murphy's Saturday, Murfreesboro Farmer's Market is the name of the Saturday Market Facebook page. Um, and then our website, Main Street Murfreesboro.org. You can always find information and a list of all the businesses downtown so absolutely awesome one of the great things about the square is is you know there's there's different restaurants different boutiques who maybe are um, you know sharing the same audience they're not necessarily every store is different but everybody works together and everybody kind of pulls together to make the square great and help with some of these events and you know I know all the businesses are just happy to be involved in these types of things whether it be the scarecrows you know put a scarecrow out right. in front of the business uh, getting folks in there shopping for the for the sip and shop when maybe a little bit later than when they normally be open mm-hmm. so really a sense of community down there you mentioned yes. there's a few businesses that are going to be new to the square so a couple new family members tell us about that we're excited when new businesses come um and if you haven't heard red bicycles opening their second location in the old binks building i saw some cables in there so it looked like they were moving along but i think september is their hoping when they're hoping to open um and i just found out there's a men's consignment clothes store that's opening right beside over where Woods Viking is beside L&L Construction um, that we've all been waiting to see what was going to be in there and I don't know the name of it Um, they've not I heard it and then I can't remember the name of it but um, it's a men's consignment clothes and I heard something about motorcycles I I didn't quite understand that it sounded very intriguing though (laughs) and then Blue Porch um, they are actually a Saturday market vendor and they are opening a brick and mortar for the first time across from the new judicial building where Borough Town Cakes was so they put a new mural up on the wall Um, so we're excited to see what the inside of that's going to look like absolutely awesome so so much to look forward to in these last couple months of 2021 on the square some new businesses uh the farmer's market going to be out a little bit later than expected so more opportunity to enjoy that and uh you know some different arts and things like that to to showcase what a cool place we live so uh any final thoughts this morning just a couple more minutes wanted to thank you again for coming on and uh, previewing some of these things for us and you know kind of lighten the fire under our audience and get out there and enjoy that square it's a a unique thing here in murfreesboro Mm -hmm. to have a square like that and kind of the small town feel with the big city um and you know it's just truly a a special thing right and i'm really excited about this last concert the weather looks like it's going to be beautiful and if you've not been to one of these concerts you're missing out because they're just so fun kids are out there they have a dance floor it's just so fun to bring your your family and bring a picnic and get some food from restaurants and come sit down and just enjoy um very safe and we're thankful for the police and everybody that shuts down the streets um so it's just it's a fun environment all righty. Main Street Murfreesboro Executive Director Sarah Callender, our second guest here on the Action Line. Sarah, thank you so much for your Thanks time for today and me. looking forward to seeing you out there for some of these great events. Thanks. All righty, guys. We're going to take a time out. Truman Jones and local news coming up next. So keep it right here on your good neighbor station, News Radio WGNS.
Sports Talk. Weekdays at 5. WGNS, your good neighbor station. Brother Ray K.